This is episode 10, what your personality means for your online teaching. This podcast is for educators, academics, and parents who know that online teaching can be challenging, rewarding, engaging, and fun. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Bethany Hansen, and I'll be your guide for online teaching tips, topics, and strategies. Walk with me into the Online Teaching Lounge. Personality is such a multifaceted thing. Personality has been studied wide and far by many different researchers, and there are several different approaches to looking at personality. Why should you care about personality when you're teaching online? Well, the problem is certain issues about our personality become very important to us in different types of work. For example, the work style itself when we are extroverted versus introverted, may have a lot to do with our preference for how much people time we have, how much downtime we have, how much time we have to reflect, connect, and all those other things. Personality is huge. It's only one piece of who we are. Of course, we have our preferred learning style. We have communication styles. We have all kinds of thinking preferences. But personality has a lot to do with the core of who you are and is definitely a major factor in your job satisfaction and in the satisfaction of your students. Why could it be a problem if we don't think about our personality? Personality actually has a lot to do with the way we teach and the way we grade students' work. It has to do with how much we want to talk to them or not talk to them and how much information we really need to see before we are convinced that they have learned anything. So personality has a massive influence over our work and a big impact on the way we do our work, and we're not always aware of that. The consequences of not attending to this area could be huge if we continue to approach our work from our preferred personality type, and we're really not open to getting information or performance from students of any other personality type. So it's important to know that this could be a factor in our teaching, and it's also important to know what to think about and what to look for and what to really consider being more flexible about because it happens to do with our nature as we as we are as a person. So the consequences could be big. It could save us a lot of time and energy to understand ourselves better and to understand this possible relationship with our students. I am an ENFJ, and if you know what an ENFJ is, if you go to the 16 personality website, it's also referred to as the protagonist. This is my personality type, it's who I am. I would love to adjust different things, and I do from time to time work on my own development in great depth. But I do not believe I will ever be an introvert. It's just not going to happen. I love people. I love visiting with people, being with people, connecting with other people, and I get huge energy from being with people. So you might ask yourself, how does that impact someone who works online? Well, when I spend extensive hours online only with no phone calls, no video calls, no meetings, no sidebar conversations, no connection to family members because they're all at work or at school, it actually drains my energy significantly. It can give me 
an exhausted day because I didn't get any people time. At the same time, even creating an audio recording or a video recording to share with my students adds to my high, my good energy, my take takeaway from the day, and it actually feeds me immensely. When I am reading the assignments, the discussion forum posts, the messages, and different communications from my students, I try to dig into those fully to see the human behind those comments. The more I'm able to do that, the more I can actually feel more connected to people in my extroverted way through that online class. It's okay that we're not talking in the same moment. It is asynchronous, but I'm still getting a total connection to people when I'm learning about them and getting to know them. The more I see them as these distinct human beings and I understand their humanness and I connect to that, the more this is a rich, beautiful experience for me as an online faculty member or instructor. Now, if I were not extroverted, I can imagine that I would think about that totally differently and I would still be able to get something wonderful out of connecting with those people. Those of you who are introverted out there, I would love to know your take on this. What is it you look for specifically while you're teaching your online classes? What is it that pleases you? And what's your takeaway from that experience? I hope you'll visit my blog and share some comments. How's it working for you? What is your experience with online teaching based on your personality type? Another factor of our personalities is whether we are intuitive or sensing. So intuitive individuals, I'm one of those, we kind of get an overall sense for something. So you might read an essay a student has written, and you can kind of get an overall sense for whether they are making it up and kind of guessing about something they haven't read or, and don't understand at all, or you can get a sense for a real comprehension and a real mastery of that subject. On the flip side, if you're a sensing individual, you're looking for facts, evidence, details, loads of support that is meticulous and carefully crafted and well put together. That can really have a lot to do with the way you grade papers. If you're grading from your intuitive sense, you might want to just give an overall score out of 100 points. It's kind of an A paper. It's really more of a B paper. If you're a sensing individual, you could probably break down exactly why it's an A paper or a B paper. Now, we can all learn those other strategies. Even though I'm an intuitive person, I have learned the craft of seeking all kinds of evidence that illustrates their understanding. And I'm going to break down the scoring and I'm going to give all kinds of detail to that because that is what supports a good grade or a, a well-evaluated piece of feedback. So personality may influence the way you prefer to evaluate things or engage with your students. And it may be an area where there's some space to develop the skills for other personality types, the strategies others would use, and those things that are going to make your practice even more effective. On top of all of this, we also have the perceivers and judgers. So the perceiver personality type likes to not plan it ahead in detail, likes to be more flexible and spontaneous. The judging type which I am one of, we like to plan it carefully. 
we like to know ahead of time what to expect and we like to break it down into a strategy. So in my teaching, I actually schedule certain times of day where I will grade certain methods of getting into the classroom every day despite not having a lot of time at certain times of day. I will also make sure that I have a time block where I'm going to engage in the discussion and a time block where I'm going to do those more cerebral things like evaluating essays. I'm going to also book time for professional development, um, publications I want to make, research I want to do, writing I'm going to do. I have all those things broken down as an online instructor to make sure that my priorities still happen even though online instruction can kind of spill over into other parts of my life and I want to rein that in. So I have all those strategies. So I highly recommend getting to know yourself a little bit more. You probably already know this about yourself, what personality you have. But if you don't really specifically know all the facets of your, your self-personality type and you don't understand you know, how that impacts your work, how it impacts your relationships and your perception of things, I highly recommend the free website, 16personalities.com. There is also a really great personality assessment on truity.com. And then, of course, there is the standard MBTI, which is usually a paid assessment. You need to have a certified practitioner administer to you. I've had all of those done. I've reviewed them all, and they all know me pretty well. So at this point, I'm really clear on my personality type. And of course, none of us fits into a box. We are all unique. So even though you can learn of a personality type that you likely are, that does not mean you're 100% one way. We all have different parts of us that can kind of bridge those types. You know, there are times where I'm extremely introverted, even though I'm naturally an extrovert, for example. And as you're working with your students, as you're teaching your courses, managing your time and energy, and kind of considering your overall approach to this profession, thinking about how your personality impacts this paradigm is a really helpful thing to continue growing and to also help yourself manage the way you engage online. I'm going to share a few tips from this book called Manager's Guide to Virtual Teams by Kimball Fisher and Maureen Fisher. This is a fantastic book for managers who lead remote teams. And a lot of the principles in here apply incredibly well to being an online instructor or an online faculty member. I'm going to read just a few headings in the book, and I hope you'll think about these topics. One is coordinating rather than controlling. When we think about balancing our approach to students, um, one thing that these authors suggest is having too many policies, for example, is overly controlling. Having too few is not coordinated enough. So having proper balance with your students where you share things like you need to give them clear, explicit instructions without totally controlling them so they don't have any options. Um, a good balance there is something incredibly helpful to empower students to move forward. Another mentionable is information without overload. Believe it or not, I have occasionally seen the rare faculty member in the online classroom who has 10 or 12 announcements on the first day of class. 
this is definitely information overload. I totally understand that some people believe it's a good idea to have single topics in your announcements so that there's an announcement about each topic. But when there are more than two or three announcements in a week in your online class, this actually overloads your student because there are other places they need to go. They need to go to the lesson area. They need to do the course readings. They need to do a lot of other things in there. The announcements are meant to just guide them into the week, introduce them, get them excited, maybe even update them on the grading or something like that. If you give so much information and completely overload students, they can never survive that experience. It's going to crush them. It's also going to make them think, what should I pay attention to? What is important here? I don't know. And they're going to get lost in that. So keep it in mind when you're thinking about your personality style and the type of way you like to communicate. Another area mentioned in this virtual teams book is about feedback instead of advice. Has there ever been a time that you actually started giving a student advice through your comments or telling them how to be instead of helping them learn to think? I have seen soapboxing before, and when we're preaching, instead of teaching how to think and how to understand ideas, then we are definitely giving advice instead of feedback. So most people appreciate information that helps them learn to make decisions, but not which decision to make. Especially if you're teaching adults, it's very important to help them navigate ideas and not exclude ideas or um, be preached to about which idea matters most. Um, another area shared by uh, these wonderful authors is fairness over favoritism. Interestingly, I was interviewing a potential online faculty member who shared that, yes, engaging in forum discussions online is challenging. Yes, it is difficult. And so they tended to seek out the top one or two students that seemed to really be loving the subject matter, and then they would mostly engage with those couple of students throughout the discussion week. Now, when you do that, it appears to be favoritism to everyone else. Yes, you as the instructor, you need to enjoy the experience of teaching that class, but all those other students need you as well. So in order to treat everyone a little bit with, <laughs> a little bit, in order to treat people fairly, it's critical to ensure you're touching every student at some point, that you're really addressing everyone, especially not to ignore the student who seems less engaged or the student who's complaining occasionally. They can believe that you're retaliating when you don't engage with them. So definitely look at fairness over favoritism and also find ways to really enjoy what you're teaching. Another idea is decisiveness, but not intrusiveness. Intrusiveness would be if a student asks you for a delay on the assignment, maybe they need more time, maybe something happened at home, they need a couple extra days. Intrusiveness is demanding a note from a doctor, asking way too many personal details, going down this path of making the student absolutely defend themselves in their request. Decisiveness, instead of intrusiveness, would be like, yes, you may have one extra week, and anything beyond that will be accepted with a 10% deduction on the grade. 
or something like that. Decisiveness is beautiful. Intrusiveness is kind of scary and uncomfortable. And it also invites student complaints and can shut them down in their learning. Then lastly, I would share concern for their development and not apathy about it. Interestingly, when we're teaching a single class, especially if it's a college course and we don't see the students outside of that one class, maybe it's the only time we're ever going to impact them in their life. It can be very easy to be apathetic about the overall development of that human being because you're just there for one thing. However, when you are concerned about their development as a learner, their growth in this particular subject matter, it is a whole different experience. We can see them more as human beings and we want to help them more. We ask more useful questions. Apathy, on the other hand, comes across as absence or absent-mindedness, disconnectedness. It really does change the way we engage in the course and the way that we interact with the people there. So think about concern for development versus apathy. Overall, this area can really be a wonderful way to think about engaging with your students, enjoying the experience of teaching online, and bringing in your personality finding out what will work with you instead of against you. How can you bring your personality and all of your strengths into this role that you have? And how can you get to know your students as well and bring them out in ways that are comfortable, honest, coordinated, and clear? This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. As you try out these ideas, visit my blog and share your results. How did they work? What would you add? Any suggestions, comments, or questions? Best wishes this week in the grand online teaching adventure.